Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Well, it's that time again. Welcome to the program. Uh, Boy, uh, we've got a lot to do today, and so we're going to jump right in. We've got three callers already. I've got a bunch of emails that I want to answer. And so, uh, well, let me do the introduction spiel just so you, well, we don't want to make anybody think they're missing anything. Uh, This is your 45 minutes to do with as you wish. You can just listen to the program. A lot of folks do. You can call in. A lot of folks do. You can write me an email so I can respond to it on the air. A lot of folks do that too. Um, But uh, this is where you can turn to get the support that you need in implementing the collaborative problem-solving approach, understanding your child, listening to what's going on with others who are using the approach, if you do want to call in, that number is 347-994-2981. If you do want to send me an email, you can just go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website. Lives in the Balance is the sponsor of this program. Uh, if it's Lives in the Balance, you know it's free. The uh, web address is www.livesinthebalance.org. Um, how you doing today? We're going to find out how some folks are doing today. Our first caller is calling from area code 781. You're on the air. How are you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I have an 11-year-old son. He was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome approximately six years ago, and it consists of a chronic uh, tick disorder that lasted for more than a year, Um, so they sort of threw it under Tourette's. He has a very high IQ. He's at a school for the academically gifted. And I've been seeing a clinician who's been talking with my son's psychiatrist who thought the collaborative problem-solving approach would be um, good for my son, who um, is very hard to reason with and has had behavioral issues for a while, only displayed in the home. And I'm divorced. He does it with both my ex-husband and myself, and when doing research on the collaborative problem um, solving and watching the videos, I'm not so sure, maybe you can explain more, if this technique will work for my son because he's very hard to reason with when these outbursts occur, and it appears as if the children in the sample videos seem to be able to sit and listen. I'm not sure I would get that with my son. Well, hopefully you are watching these sample videos on the Lives in the Balance website. 
Um, And if so, you just said some magic words to me. I was listening very carefully. You said that your husband and you are divorced, but um, we're not going to blame this on the divorce. I heard that you said that your son has Tourette's syndrome. We're not going to blame it on Tourette's disorder. I heard that you said he was 11. We're not going to blame it on that he's 11. Truth is, we're not going to do any blaming at all. But the magic words you said were, he's very hard to reason with when he gets upset. Why am I calling those the magic words? Because when he gets upset is not when you want to be doing plan B. You want to be doing plan B proactively, not emergently. Um, These are discussions that best take place outside the heat of the moment. By the way, another word, and I'll just be picky here, that I'm that I tend not to use to describe collaborative problem solving is the word technique. Um, I think of it more of as a process. It's a problem solving process, and um, lots of problems don't get solved immediately, and they don't get solved in one conversation. But you have a much better chance of solving problems when you're trying to solve them proactively rather than emergently. So let me ask you a question. Have you been trying it mostly in the heat of the moment, or have you, and this is uh, the, the preferred route to go, the goal is for you to make a list of the specific situations in which challenging episodes are occurring. I call those unsolved problems. To help you with that, you want to go to the Lives in the Balance website. You want to go to the paperwork section. And you want to print out the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. And then you want to identify the skills your son is lacking. That's in the top section, the lagging skills section, so that you're sure that you have the right lenses on. And then in the bottom section, you want to identify these specific unsolved problems that are reliably and predictably setting in motion bad episodes between you and him. And then you're going to want to prioritize what unsolved problems, which two or three do I want to start working on with him now? The whole goal of that whole process is for you to be in a position to solve those problems proactively rather than emergently. When you're solving problems emergently, there's some major impediments to solving problems. One of them is heat. Very few of us, and my bet is that your son is no exception, are great at solving problems in the heat of the moment. And time pressure. When we're solving problems in the heat of the moment, we are usually rushed. Um, We want to move on to the next thing. And that's not ideal either. So all of what I just described is aimed at helping you solve problems proactively. And then we're able to figure out what is it about, if, if anything, often Moving from emergency plan B to proactive plan B makes things go much better. Sometimes it doesn't. When it does make things go better, then I assume that it was either heat or time pressure or the combination of the two that was making emergency plan B not go so well because now proactive B is going well. If proactive plan B still isn't going so well, then we need to figure out some more nuanced reasons that that might be. So now that I've been talking forever here, let me ask you, has most of your problem solving been emergent or proactive? Um, it has been emergent. Then that's the first place to start, and here's what I would encourage you to do. We've got to remove the heat. We've got to remove the time pressure. 
we got to help you prioritize. So you've got to make your list of unsolved problems and then decide which two or three you're working on. And then one at a time, proactively, um, give him some advance warning that you'd like to talk with him. He's not in trouble. You're not mad at him. You're not going to tell him what to do. You just want to understand. Try to solve one at a time, proactively, and then here's what I'd like you to do. If you want, call in again and let us know how it goes. What we're about to find out is a bit of an experiment. Let's find out if it was heat and time pressure that was interfering or if he's going to have trouble doing plan B for some other reasons that we can't won't be able to tell yet though because we've got to get rid of the heat and the time pressure first. Okay. Okay. Sound okay. Yes, it's I feel it coming when when the behavior is going to start. I I feel it coming. Well, now here's the thing. We don't want you to feel it coming. We want you to know it's coming. And the minute mm-hmm. you make your list of unsolved problems, Unsolved problems are the things that are reliably and predictably setting in motion challenging episodes because, to tell you the truth, most challenging kids aren't getting upset over completely different things every day or every week. They're getting upset over the same thing every day and every week, mm-hmm. and I call those unsolved problems, and the goal is to solve them. Once they're solved, they won't be setting in motion challenging episodes anymore. Um, so, yes, I'm betting that you can feel them coming, but I want you feeling them coming days ahead of time by taking a sort of the 50,000-foot view, as we might call it, so that you're sort of um, assessing and identifying what's setting in motion our challenging episodes most of the time. And let's start solving those proactively. Then you don't have to feel it coming. The minute you feel it coming, you're probably very close to doing emergency plan B. Like Mm -hmm. I said, we want you to feel it coming three days ahead of time. Okay. Okay. Just a follow-up question. Is it? Sure. Um, I have called Mass General. I'm trying to um, see a clinician and get a consult. Am I doing the right thing? I, you know, I, I can't say because I'm no longer associated with Mass General or the Think Kids program at Mass General. Okay. A lot of people out there are confused about that. Um, but no, I'm, I don't haven't been associated with Massachusetts General Hospital or the Think Kids program at Mass General. I used to be there. I'm not there anymore. So the headquarters for collaborative problem solving, as far as I'm concerned, is the Lives in the Balance website. But feel free to email me through the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website, and I'm happy to refer you if I know somebody in your area. Okay, wonderful. I'll do that. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Well, there's one caller. We have three still waiting. A lot of confusion out there about whether I'm still affiliated with the Think Kids program at Massachusetts General Hospital. I'm not. Haven't been for two years. And I'm really, really sorry that there's a lot of confusion out there about that. Um, Think Kids no longer represents my views. Um, hmm. Let's take our next caller. Area code 708. You are on the air. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Green. My name's Erica. And, uh, Hi, Erica. I calling about my four-year-old son. I've emailed you a don't couple you, of don't times Don't use today. any names. Your, your first name is great, but don't use any other names or identifying information. We'll try to keep this anonymous. Okay. And you said your son was four? Yes. Great. And um, he has no official diagnosis. We do have some sensory processing issues. Um, he's a, a avoider, mostly. And... Um, I also have another son who's a seeker, which causes a little bit of tension <laughs> um, between the two of them because uh, the seeker uses the avoider to 
get some of his input. So um, he, um, my oldest son, the four-year-old, is in preschool. And since um, probably around Thanksgiving, his behavior has been just uh, deteriorating um, to the point of I'm no longer really welcome to come help at class parties because um, that's when he has the physical uh, tantrum at throwing himself on the floor, crawling under tables, um, yelling, yelling out things that we, you know, we generally just call them mean words since he's so young. It, it does go in the garbage can, has him in the background. And um, I have been trying to, I kind of broke it down and decided to just work on the empathy part right now just to, before we moved on past that to gather information. And when I ask him questions, um, generally, um, you know, you know, hey, babe, I want, I noticed, you get upset a lot when we um, need to go get in the car and get dressed to get in the car. Uh, what's going on? And um, he will mirror my words mostly. Oh, I forgot to mention, he has um, some severe language uh, delays. So I'm wondering what else I could say to get more um, progress with gathering that information to find out what's going on. And the thing you're trying to gather information about, I wasn't quite clear on that, is what? Um, well, basically, in general, he has a lot of problems with transitions from one activity to another. Um, at home, the one that we decided is the big ticket is um, transitioning to and from the car. Um, it's winter here. We have to put on a lot of clothing to get outside. And in the process of the transition, um, we just end up with a breakdown um, from the point of put on your shoes and socks. Okay, so the question is, and once again, whether your son has a significant language delay or not, and that may well be significant here, you are astutely not um, starting the empathy step by saying something like, I've noticed you have trouble making transitions, what's up? Because that's too vague, and even from a 14-year-old. You're, you're, they're probably not going to be able to. You're, you, you greatly increase the likelihood of an I don't know or no response if your the unsolved problem that you're trying to gather information about is too vague. But mm-hmm. you didn't do that. You started with I've noticed that when we go from the house to the car, that's hard for you. What's up or something like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. And did you get any response at all? Um. Yes, I get upset. That's exactly what he says every time. Yes, I get get upset. upset. (laughs) And then what do you say next? I'm not really, I try, you know, do you know what makes you upset? Or, because I don't want to feed him, since he's mirroring, I don't want to feed him lines. Right. So I'm not really sure what I should be saying to get more information. And I'm sorry, they both, when I'm on the phone, they both just kind of follow me around. Uh, I completely understand. Although what I think I will do here, uh, I love the sound of kids. I'm just a little worried that the people who are listening may be unable to hear the response. What I'm going to do is mute you again. I feel terrible about that. It sounds awful, doesn't it? Um, And then after I'm through giving my response, let's bring you back on. So don't hang up just to see if you have any follow-up question about it. Sound okay? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm going to mute you, which I believe I just did. Uh, you know, I, I hate turning off the sound of kids, but, um, well, 
we do have some practical considerations here, and they don't know it. How about that? Um, there are, uh, you know, the the biggest. What I'm wondering here is um, is whether the uh, language delays are uh, making this much harder, and it's hard to say because um, I don't know this guy. Um, but typical follow-up questions would be along the lines of, um, what is it that you're getting upset about? Um, but in kids who are having difficulty telling us, um, and this mom, once again, isn't doesn't want to lead the witness, and that's great, but sometimes in kids who are having trouble telling us, we, we kind of have no choice we're not going to lead the witness, though. We're going to use our observations to see if there's anything we are seeing that might give us some clues. Are there clues in um, why some days we have trouble making the transition from home to car and other days that we don't? Are there activities that we may be engaged in that are preceding leaving to go in the car that upsets us and activities less so? Uh, are there activities that we're on our way to? Uh, are there particular items of clothing that seem to be associated with getting upset versus not getting upset? So worst case scenario, if because of the language delays, um, your son is completely unable to give us information, um, we can use our powers of observation not to lead the witness but to do some educated guessing and some hypothesis testing, of course, he still has to verify for us that um, what we're talking about is true. And it, if he's able to say, I get upset, then that sounds to me like he, I don't want to make jump, jump to any conclusions here, but he is understanding the question. But he may be mirroring, since if, if we lead off with, I noticed that when we go from the house to the car, you get upset. If all he says is, I get upset, then I'm not necessarily convinced that he's comprehended the question. This mom will, when I bring her back on the air, we'll have to see what she thinks of that. So that's sort of my two cents on what we might be able to do. So let me bring you back on the air and see what you think of my response. There's the kids again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he is working on answering the, um, they call them WH questions at school. Yes, Trevor. Oops. <laughs> and um, he has a lot of problems with those, although if you ask him a direct question with a book in front of you, ask him, you know, what are they doing, why are they doing that, he can answer those questions. So, Got it. Um, you know, he he does have some use of of that. And so you do think he's understanding the question? Yeah, and he looks like he feels at the time when you bring it up again. Okay, and, that, that um, is, and that, that's proactive plan B, right? Right. You know, if, if when I ask about it, you know, if I ask, you know, I notice, you know, do you know what's up, what's going on, why do you, why do you get upset, he looks like he's actually thinking about it and getting upset again. <laughs> Okay, so let's assume he understands. If um, drilling for information is something that doesn't get you the information you're looking for, and, you know, as I mentioned, the logical question is what is it that's upsetting about that for you? 
if mm-hmm. that doesn't get you the information you're looking for, then you may well be dependent on your powers of observation to try to ascertain, to try to guess um, what it could be. And the, the possibilities that I thought of are just the initial possibilities. I'm sure there are more. Um, and let's see if he can verify just through your guessing. Uh, so long as you don't feel like you're leading the witness, nothing the matter with guessing or hypothesis testing. Okay. So do feel free to call us back and let us know if that helps and if you find out any more information, we'd love to know. Okay. And actually, um, all the noise that you're hearing is the beginning of the transition. I had already oh, started to dress. So um, he's actually getting teed up right now. Okay. And so I'm just trying you, to keep him calm. <laughs> So you've got a good opportunity here to use your power of observations to try to get some sense about what it is that might be hard for him. Um, I've done all the educated guessing I can do. I guess it's up to you okay. now. All right. So I, good luck. I will call you and call back in a few weeks. Let's, let us know what happens. All right. Thank you. Take care. Um, interesting. Let's go to area code 519. You're on the air. How are you? Hi, Dr. Green. Peter, I had a feeling it was you. (laughs) This Um, is Peter from our parents' panel, um, who we hear from often. What's up today? I had, uh, well, two questions. Uh, But first, I thought I should give you a bit of an update on that, um, the Plan B that my son did with his school last week. Um, It went really well. He was able to bring up a concern about his coughing to the teacher, and it turns out what he said was that um, he noticed that um, she makes a face when he coughs. And that, that made him uncomfortable. So she was able to understand that when he when he coughs, uh, she sometimes grimaces or something like that. And my son's quite sensitive to that. Um, on the flip side, she was able to communicate that um, uh, her doing that was not to make him uncomfortable, but it was not something she could control and she really felt for him when he was coughing really, really hard. And she was just, um, it's her way of showing concern for him. And she was able to reassure him that uh, it's not something about him, but a, a way to show that she's showing, showing support for him. And, and uh, then they worked out a way to um, make the coughing acceptable to both of them. And, and that was the end of the Plan B. So they were able to meet that uh, underlying unsolved problem. Outstanding. And, and a new concept, acceptable coughing. Something yeah. we've never talked about on this program before. I don't know if anybody ever talks about acceptable coughing, but um, and I'm being slightly facetious here, but um, I'm glad that you and your son, you, you and, uh, that your son and his teacher were able to work it out. And, um, you know, one thing I should mention, uh, my son was telling me last night when I was putting to bed about an unsolved problem that had occurred during the school day. And the um, bad news was there, you know, there was what was done was done, and it was a situation between him and his peers, and there was no solution to it. He just found himself in a situation where there was no good solution. There was no nothing to be changed. That just found himself in a difficult spot and wasn't happy about it. And I'm not even sure there's a way to keep it from happening again. And um, therefore, all I really did was the empathy step. And um, he was perfectly cool with that. Um, it was it was water over the dam. Um, nothing to be done about it now. Nothing to keep it from happening again. Just a funky situation he found himself in. And um, you know what? 
talking about it and feeling heard and feeling understood um, did the trick in that instance. So um, you're, as you were telling me uh, your story, um, I was reminded of that because you know sometimes the empathy step is all you need because there's some problems that can't be solved because they're already done and can't be prevented again. But keep going. I had a second question. Um, it turns out that we're, we will need to move um, cities. Um, we're moving closer to our parents um, because they have some health issues. Oh, and wow. So next okay. September we're moving to another city in, wow. in Western wow. Canada. Uh-huh. Um, last week we did a psych ed assessment or we got the results back. It's the second of a, uh, two psych ed assessments that we've done. We did one three years ago, and it, the results were quite interesting. It did highlight some language processing um, issues, but not ones that we had expected. It turns Which out that uh, my son is extremely advanced in um, logical, mathematical reasoning and perceptual reasoning, and his language skills, although they're not below average for his age level, are not keeping up to his perception. And that uh, he, he just can't seem to express what he can perceive. Good to know, eh? It was really um, useful information, and, and it, it was the same as it was three years ago. Um, but the other thing is that he will need an IEP, an individualized education plan for enrichment yep. in some subjects and support okay. in other subjects. And I thought this might be a good opportunity to see if we could put into the IEP some collaborative problem solving. Is that a possibility? Have you seen that well, before? Well, I've seen it done. And um, at one of these days, when I have time, I'm going to post a sample IEP on the Lives and Balance website. Regrettably, that hasn't happened yet because I'm um, unfortunately busier than all get out. But um, at some point, yes, because people have sent me sample IEPs with Collaborative Problem Solving Incorporated, and I've helped schools incorporate Collaborative Problem Solving into IEPs. The unsolved problems translate very nicely into goals and the lagging skills translate very nicely into the description section in the beginning of the IEP. And so it's uh, you know really kind of um, the, the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems really translates beautifully into an IEP. Um, and one of these days I'll get one posted on the Lives in the Balance website. But in, in answer to your question, yes, um, I've seen it done. And yes, I plan to have one posted as soon as I can. Okay. We're thinking that if we did it now, then the IEP will follow him to his next school. And even though they may not um, know what it is, it will at least generate some questions, and then that will give us the opportunity to talk about doing collaborative problem solving at the school level. I think that's great, and I like your strategy. Thank you. Good luck with it. Thanks for calling. Um, let's move on to another call, eh? Uh, area code 920. I don't know where that is. Where's area code 920? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess I could have known that. Don't tell us any names, but tell us I what's won't. on your mind. Um, first, I want to thank you for all your work. I have three children. Um, we, in our family, all have lagging skills and unsolved problems, including my husband and I. We all have diagnoses for this or that. And life in a family like that has been difficult at times. And we've been using Plan B off and on for a couple of years. Um, we've gotten really good at Plan C. And we've unfortunately <laughs> gone back to Plan A. Ah, that's what happens when you spend time. time on Plan C with no Plan B. Go ahead. 
So right now I'm working on my daughter who's 14, and I'm having trouble because she doesn't communicate. And I went through the lagging skills and found that I checked off difficulty considering a range of solutions, difficulty expressing concerns, needs, or thoughts and words. That's the one I was listening for. <laughs> difficulty managing emotional response to frustration and and to think rationally. Difficulty shifting from original idea, plan, or solution. Difficulty taking into account situational factors and at times inflexible. So what happens is she'll say, Mom, can I go to this sleepover at so-and-so's house? And I'll say, I'm not really sure because I don't know the people. Um, why don't you tell me about it? She'll immediately start to bawl, escalate into a screaming, you never let me do anything. Um, well, no, here's what that tells me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Yep. Uh, mainly because um, it sounds to me, and I was listening carefully, because mm-hmm. your response to her could have been interpreted as plan A. Okay. Uh, in which case... Um, you saying, I don't know, I don't know these parents, um, that's sort of bordering. After that, you said, let me hear more about it. But what she may have heard is, uh, I'm not sure about this. I don't know their parents. And that mm-hmm. can sound a lot like a no. Right. In which case, you've um, certainly laid your expectations out there. But And I don't mm-hmm. know if you meant no, but she may have heard no. In which case, um, I think that might explain why you're getting why you're getting the response that you're getting. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was listening to the other callers and you had the other lady make a couple of guesses, and that's my first guess is that she's seen and used to too much Plan A and thinks I'm going to say no. Well, and to tell you the truth, even had I not known that you do do some A. Um, uh-huh. I think that your answer was much more no than it was anything else. It wasn't a hard, it wasn't sort of a slam dunk no, but it was uh, it was close. Okay, so the few things I've been able to get out of her when she's not escalating, which is hardly well, ever. Have you been listening <laughs> to the whole program? Um, I missed like the first caller, I think. Ah, because the first caller is the person who I talked to about. Making a list of unsolved problems. Yes. And then I have choosing, those. Two or th- choosing two or three that you want to start working on proactively. And that's because what I'm trying to do with her. And I'm getting good. no response, or else, uh, um, typically, if she's pretty good, it's, I'll say, How was your day at school? Oh, good, Mom. But the second she wants to do anything or um, wants to ask me for something, I'll try not to be plan A, and of course I have how many years to undo, so I'm working on it hard. I think she just expects that I'm going to say no. Well, now here's and the when, thing. The question yeah. is, how can you work on that proactively? Right. Because when she asks you, at that moment, um, your, your options are a little bit more limited because you... Um, uh, have to she's looking for a heat of the moment answer and and now you know you're sort of um 
in a tight spot because, number one, she's going to be very sensitive to hearing anything that's going to resemble no. <laughs> what she's looking for is what you said you also had been doing a fair amount of, which is plan C, which sounds like yes. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm wondering here is how do we help you get out of heat of the moment answers and get into talking about um, these things proactively. And I'm hearing right. you telling me two things that you want to be talking with her about proactively. Number one, activities that she wants to engage in. Mm-hmm. And number two, if this, is, if this is different from the first one, things she wants from you. And I, for some reason, I think you said something about things that she wants you to buy her. Did you say that? Yeah, sometimes she needs something, so she'll come to me and say, I need a okay. shirt or whatever. So here's the thing. Uh, those could be two. Th- those could be on your list of unsolved problems that you want to prioritize, so that you talk with her about them ahead of time. Right. And proactively, I think here's how that sounds. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. people have trouble imagining. If, if my kid is asking me something in the heat of the moment, then I, I got to like give an immediate answer. Now I'm now mm-hmm. this is emergency. Now what do I do? Well, what they're <laughs> asking for in the heat of the moment probably isn't so unpredictable. It sounds like. What, what, what might she be asking you if she can do in the heat of the moment besides sleepovers? What, what, are, what are the things that she wants to do that she has to ask your permission for? Oh, she might ask me if she can stay after school to go to a basketball game. All right. So that's different from sleepovers. Good. Right. What else? She, she might ask me if she can go to someone's house. Okay. So let's say that you've got those three. Those could be your three unsolved problems at the moment. And I would treat them separately. I noticed this is proactive. Well, mm-hmm. we don't want to wait till the heat of the moment on this. I've noticed that you and I sometimes disagree on sleepovers. What's up? Now, this isn't right as she's asking you for a sleepover. This is way before she's asking you for a sleepover again. Unsolved right. problem number two. I've noticed that sometimes you and I disagree on you staying for a ball game after school. What's up? I've noticed, here's unsolved problem number three, that you and I sometimes disagree on you going to somebody's house. What's up? Now, my bet is that you have some legitimate concerns about those things. As you've already told us, if you don't know the parents who she's going to be hanging with, if you don't know the family, you're going to be reluctant, and that's your concern. We're interested mm-hmm. in hearing her concern. But I guess my main point here is let's transform what feels like an emergent question but isn't. It's emergent if we haven't solved it yet, but it's proactive if we try to talk about it way before it comes up again. Well, I have done that. Okay. And what do you get? I don't want to talk about it is one. Um, Shut up and leave me alone. Um, uh, um, get out of my room, Mom. I'm not talking to you. Got it. So let me let me try one other antidote. Are you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> Those sound like things kids might say. I'm always encouraging people to make an appointment with their kid mm-hmm. to have a discussion. Some of the things she's saying may, I could be wrong, Number one, they may be just a a statement about her current feelings about the status of your relationship with each other. Could Mm -hmm. be that. 
you you'd know better than me to what degree she's willing to talk to you about some things and not others and the degree to mm-hmm. which you think that this is her this is her basically saying get away from me pretty much full time and i know people may be thinking well that's every 14 year old but that <laughs> isn't every 14 year old um i think that you know kids sometimes are at higher risk for saying that stuff at certain ages but i'm not going to attribute to it her being 14 um, I don't know if it's a uh, emblematic of how you two are getting along in general, but uh, we, we can put that to the test by making an appointment with her. I did and, that. Uh, and what happened then? I'm not doing it. Uh, well, she's just being really resistant. Well, well, my observation, uh, when I've been listening to what you're saying and reading a lot your book over and over, is that she is used to too much plan A in her family. Even though I've been doing a lot of plan C, she still thinks of the way I talk and the way I express things as plan A. I've been told I'm judgmental. Uh-huh. I'm not, I, I don't understand her. And She's telling you these things. Yeah. And this is okay. just over months of I'm, I'm remembering little things and I'm trying to you know, because she right now she won't say anything. Um, she's told me I'm uncomfortable talking to you. I'm frustrated. So at this point, I think she is very frustrated, very uncomfortable, and emotional. And she just doesn't want to talk to me about anything. And so when I try to do Plan A, I've made—I mean Plan B—I've made an appointment. I've said I've noticed we disagree on blah, blah, blah. I've even said, you know, your father and I know that we've used different style of parenting. We're trying to change that so that we can listen to you. And she's still, I'm not talking to you. All right. So, so she's being pretty explicit that um, she doesn't have much faith that talking to you is going to be productive at this point or that she's going to be comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm I'm just trying I to I think so. I really it. do. Yeah. So, you know, without knowing the situation better, mm-hmm. I it's hard for me to get a great handle or even a, even mm-hmm. a bare handle on the degree to which any other strategy would have her being more receptive to talking with you especially given that she's telling us that she finds talking with you to be annoying, that she thinks you're judgmental, <laughs> that she's not comfortable, and that talking with you would be frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive if I can offer you, not knowing the situation better, that I can offer you any guidance on how to massage or nuance <laughs> that. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure mostly because... I'm not close enough to the situation. And so the best generic guidance I can give Mm -hmm. you, and you may have tried this already as well, is sometimes, once again, this is I'm saying this because I don't know the situation better, sometimes, and because I don't have access to your daughter to find out whether there's any wiggle room on her talking to you, Mm -hmm. sometimes it means that it's time to go see if you can have a third party help you just start talking to each other again. Mm-hmm. And that might be a clinician, a family therapist who helps out um, mm-hmm. 
And, and that is my recommendation once again because I don't know what your daughter right. would say if I asked her. So do we got any hope here of you talking to your mom? If we could do something about the judgmental part, if we could do something about the plan A, if we, what's frustrating about talking with her? Um, you know, if she said, well, she's always interrupting me. We could do something about that. If she okay. says all she's trying to do is figure out what my, what I'm thinking, and then she's going to lower the boom, she might say that. Um, mm -hmm. She might say her tone, man, it just drives me crazy. I don't know what she's going to say, right? I don't know what she would say. Some of the things that she might say might be things that you could actually do something about if you knew, knew about them, more about them. And some of the things that she might say might be things that you might come to the conclusion, you know what, for that, I think I might need somebody else to help me out in reestablishing a relationship with my daughter and reestablishing communication. So I think I may have taken you as far as I can take you without knowing the situation better. Don't know if that mm -hmm. was helpful or not. Yeah, I think so. And we have, it, it's been stressful at our house with three challenging children. I can only um, imagine. When I hear you tell people advice and they talk about their one kid that's hard, I'm like, oh. I have three. Well, we, don't, we, we don't always know if they're talking about their only challenge. That's true. But I I do think that Plan B has helped a lot with my boys, and I am confident that it will start to help my daughter. And I, I'm just going to keep listening and keep trying, and maybe she'll start to see that, hey, things are different for my brothers, so maybe Mom will be different for me. Um, I am a little reluctant going to a third party because I don't know how I could get her there without a giant meltdown. Yeah, yeah. No, I got, I got the picture. <laughs> so um, I but, will. You know, but you know, here's one last piece because um, we don't have that much time left on the program, anyways. And, and I'm you know sorry what? about that. No, no, no. Why are you? There's absolutely well, no reason. I took up all your time. For. No, no. You know what? I think we did equal time for all our calls, so I think you're doing fine. Um, one potential, and I don't know if this would be successful or not. It sounds like she's kind of shut herself down in the talking to mom department. Let me ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like there's a dad. Yeah. Has she shut down on talking to him too? Yes, but maybe not as bad because he's not. Um, well, we're di we just we operate differently, so he, okay. I'm, he may be able to get to her, but I'm not sure. So that's that's one suggestion. Okay. And and once again, we're not looking to get to her. We're just looking to understand. There's there's no right, uh, right. We got we got no agenda here. We got we just we're just all we're trying to do is understand uh, what her concern or perspective is on some of the things that you want to talk with her about. But um, I guess my comment is maybe him. And then the only other thing I can think of is to um, talk about these things in a more direct fashion which is I know that you feel that talking with me is frustrating, and I would use her exact words, and I know that you feel that talking with me is annoying. And it sounds like you may have tried this already. And I know that talking with me, um, I don't remember the other things that you said, those are things that I would really like to try to do something about but, uh, mm -hmm. because I, I certainly don't like the fact that we don't communicate now. So if you can give me any further input about how it is that talking to me is frustrating, how it is that you feel I'm being judgmental, how it is that you feel that I'm uh, annoying. You don't have to tell me, but if you could write it to me or something, I sure would love the feedback because I really would like to improve things. And I know you probably don't even think that that's possible, but 
I really could use any guidance mm-hmm. you could give me about those things because I'd really like to know more about them. That's So between dad and maybe that suggestion, maybe mm-hmm. you'll have a daughter talking to you more than you do now. I don't know. But you know what? Call back and let us know. I will. And would you suggest I do that like every so often or like once a week? Or Well, I think a little bit. I don't bit want to bug her. Well, you don't want to bug her. I'd be very curious about her initial response to that approach. I did do that, it. too, but I'll call back another time. <laughs> but, uh, Thank you. Unfortunately, we are, uh, we're done for today. Um, and, boy, I, you know what? We keep not getting to email, but I think it's really cool that people are calling into the program, and um, that's cool, too. So thanks for listening again today. Another, uh, I hope, information-packed program. And uh, we'll be back again next week doing the exact same thing all over again. Have a good week. Good luck with collateral problems all this week. Take care.